Welcome to A Bun Dance. You guessed it, a podcast dedicated to all things surrounding dance. I am Kristen. And I am Hannah, and we are two best friends who are brought together by this art form. Please join us in five, six, seven, eight. Hello, today we welcome the talented Tevin Johnson. I had the <laughs> pleasure of getting to know him when we both grew up dancing in Syracuse, New York. I'm super excited to reconnect and hear about his journey. Tevin, would you mind talking a little bit about who you are, where you've been, and what you are doing now? Of course. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Tevin Johnson. I'm from Syracuse, New York. Um, started dancing around 15, uh, actually training around late 16. Um, from there, spent my time just training in Syracuse, New York. And then around my last two years of high school, spent at the Alvin Ailey Summer Intensives, and then went to college at Montclair State University where I obtained my BFA. Um, from there, I started working um, at Roxy Contemporary Ballet in South Jersey uh, for two seasons, and then eventually moved to the city. Yeah, um, started teaching at City College for a semester. And then ever since then, been kind of doing projects here and there. Awesome. So I know you and Hannah, Hannah have in common um, mm -hmm. that you both grew up in Syracuse. So what was it like dancing there? And kind of when and why did you decide to pursue dance in college? Yeah, well, um, it's such a complicated question. <laughs> Such pros and cons about dancing in Syracuse. Um, the pro would definitely be that I got to really flourish there. I got to really like spread my wings and be myself. The other thing would probably be the beginning of my career or training that I experienced a lot of discourage. Um, some of it being color of my skin um, to the fact it caused me to quit dance for almost a year. And uh, it wasn't until I, found a studio that where I felt completely myself, I was able to go back into dance and, you know, find myself. But if it wasn't for that, I probably would have stopped dancing. Mm, wow. Well, we're really glad that you found a place in- Yeah, we do. Because everybody deserves a place and there's always a place for everyone. And so I'm glad that that didn't turn you away from what you're doing now, because look at you, <laughs> you're out there doing it. Yeah, it's crazy how one little, you know, thing can really send someone overboard right mm -hmm. yeah I, I agree with Kristen I'm really glad that you were able to kind of get back up even though it knocked you down for like a second you're able to come back stronger than ever probably um and now you're continuing to do this professionally so it's just like super super cool and inspiring now from my understanding you went to Alvin Ailey for summer programs is that right correct so can you tell us a little bit about that too? Like how did that shape your experience as a dancer? Do you find that you're working with that kind of movement even now in your career? You when I uh, first kind of got into like the Horton technique, um, the idea of Alvin Ailey was kind of like thrown into my, my mind. Like this is where you probably could be or somewhere you might want to inspire to be. So I started looking at Alvin Ailey that way. Um, it wasn't until the first summer intensive I, I auditioned for, I believe it was my sophomore year of high school. And one of my teachers actually told me not to audition that I wasn't ready. 
And so that was actually like fuel fire for me. And I was like, what do you mean I'm not ready? I want to go for it. And so I told my mom about it and we you know, made a trip for it, went to audition and surprise enough, I actually got in and it kind of um, shook my parents because they weren't excited for me to be dancing. They thought it was going to be a hobby. My mom was a dancer. And so she already told me from the get go, as soon as I told her I wanted to dance, there's no money in it. It's not a good career. It's up and down. And I'm just like, well, this is something I'm really passionate about. I don't see myself really doing anything else. Um, and so once I got that kind of uh, acceptance, they kind of looked at it a little differently. I was like, hmm, maybe might have something in this. And so I uh, we couldn't go my first year auditioning because they weren't expecting me to get in. So we were expecting to pay that money that is really expensive. Um, and so my second year auditioning, I actually uh, got accepted with a full scholarship. So that kind of like relieved my family of that kind of pressure of like, we have to do this for him. Um, and then I kind of got a little bit of help with Carrie Lazarus and um, the Extraordinary Fund. Um, that's kind of how that picked up was my whole experience of getting into Alvin Ailey and not being able to go and um, how she was able to, you know, help me in that process. Um, and then Alvin Ailey being there, those six weeks were so intense. My first, first, like first time, I just knew I had to go back a second time. Um, and Carrie Lazarus, that's Syracuse, right? Yes, she's a... Okay. Yeah, uh, and Sorry. it was just uh, my times being there. I got to really experience what it's like to be a dancer on their own, a dancer in New York City. Um, my second time going, I was 17. And so I was kind of able to have a lot of freedom than I kind of wouldn't normally have been if I was 16. Um, and then my second year, I was 18. And then from there, I went right into college. Wow. So first off, I love that you kind of used it as fuel to try to pursue this. Like you said, someone telling you maybe no, or you're not ready, but you not listening to that. I love that first off. And I feel like I can personally relate to that, that almost sometimes that's like the push you need. Yeah. I'll just go. Yeah. (laughs) And once again, you did it. And so in terms of how you said your family didn't necessarily initially kind of accept or understand what you were doing over those years. Did they come to more of an understanding where you deciding to go to Montclair State University to study dance wasn't yeah. so big of a deal or was there well, some kind of this, like lack of understanding when yeah. you're going to spend all this money to pursue something like dance? <laughs> Very funny. It's actually my parents didn't want me to go to school. They didn't want me to go to college. Um, they were just like, go, go for it, go right into the world. And I was like, no, I actually enjoy going to school. I actually like want an education in this and want to pursue going forward, which I mean, I'm in the process, hopefully, um, trying to apply for my master's for the fall. So we'll see how that goes. But I've always had a love for education and, and teaching and the fundamentals of dance, you know, understanding what it really is or how to, um, use it as a knowledge. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting to me. Just, I have a very like opposite type of situation where, well, I mean, granted, I, I guess I always wanted to go to school, but my parents did not support me not going to school. It's like, you can, you can do dance, but you have to 
go to school and get an education too. So right. it's that they kind of just saw your talent maybe and were like, okay, you should just jump right into the professional <laughs> world. But clearly you can do both. And many dancers are out there who pursued uh, their degree and are also dancing professionally. Yeah. And is that what your mom did, Tevin? She just danced as a young kid and then... Yeah. Well, my mom was mainly a hip hop dancer oh. and um, she got pregnant with my sister at 16 and she was still trying to become a dancer at that time, going back to forth to New York, um, opening for a lot of people. But the fact that my dad was like, I'm stuck here with the kid. You need to be home. That kind of pressure put on her. So she kind of dropped her dream. Wow. Okay. And so your parents um, are still together. Yeah, they're still together. That's amazing. Love that. Cool. So, and going forward, so now we're talking about college a little bit. Can you talk about your experience there at Montclair? And you also majored in sociology as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how does that complement the dance? Well, um, I had a very, very dream one day of um, using my degree to open a kind of um, what's the word I'm looking for, like kind of an orphanage in a way to where I could instill dance with children that are kind of in the foster care system and having that be a tool of, you know, organizing their emotions and um, the situation that they're in and how um, dance could be utilized that way. So that was always, because I mean, it was that way for me. I didn't connect with a lot of people or didn't connect with a lot of my words until I got into dance and I was able to express it that way. And then I was like, okay, these are the words I'm looking for because this is how I feel. Um, and I feel like a lot of kids, especially when you're going through those kind of hardships, aren't able to connect words or connect feelings that way. And I think dance can be a huge tool for that. And so I kind of visualized using my um, degrees as like using that and fighting um, a clowning clinic in a way like that. Mm -hmm. wow. But unfortunately, I couldn't finish my degree because I was so tired of going to school. I was like, I have to get out of here. Um, I had like one more semester left and I was just like, I can't, I just gotta graduate. <laughs> I just have to graduate and get out of here. Um, those four years took a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we we can understand that. Yeah, being a dance major, there's I, in my opinion, at least there's like a lot more involved than many other things you might study in college. <laughs> Lots of extra hours put in, and it's it's a lot. <laughs> like going ten a.m. to ten p.m. Yeah, and then you have to balance the dancing and the academics, and yeah. yes, <laughs> like my, I was like, you know what. I have to do like another year. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I can't. <laughs> I'll probably come back for this, but I can't. It was great. I learned what I learned and I'll always take that with me, but. <laughs> what an amazing vision though that you had of that whole bridging the two, like you said, yeah. and dance and working with kids in orphanages. Like that's such an amazing idea. And I think what I would love to do in grad school is definitely do administration. So if it was not me clinically doing it, I can definitely hire doctors and, yeah, and that, that whole process. Yeah. And so it's still a dream of mine. It's still something I can hopefully bring into fruition, but it's something that's always been in the back of my head. Yeah. So maybe you can collaborate, right? Like you can use. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. 
Super cool. Would you do that in New York? I would probably want to do it in New York. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Best of luck with that. Thank you. Amazing. Amazing. And uh, Tevin, all right. So you went to school, then you talked a little bit about this briefly, but you danced for Ballet Guild, right? Of Lehigh Valley and then Roxy Ballet in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. How do those compare and contrast a little bit? So, and, and which one did you do first? Was the Ballet Guild of Lehigh Valley first or was it Roxy Ballet? Guild was technically first. Um, I booked a um, their spring show of Midsummer Night Dream where I played Puck. And um, that's kind of how I got introduced with them was through one of my professors. Um, she was old, old friends with um, the artistic director. And so they needed a guy. And this was right after I graduated. And um, I guess she sent her my email and we connected that way. And um, I think I did that spring semester, that that spring show. And then I did Nutcracker the following fall for them. Um, and then it was that following spring, I went into Roxy Ballet. Nice. Yeah. Audition for Roxy Ballet right after? That was also, it's kind of funny, like talking about the jobs I've booked because technically I've technically never really booked a job to an audition. Oh, cool. Technically, I've never really booked a job to an audition. <laughs> I wish it's, I could say the same. <laughs> yeah, it's always been a, just like spread. It's like, hey, look at them or something like that. I'm like, yeah, sure, I can do it. Or yeah, I got the time availability. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I wish I could like say those auditions. I went there and I really twirled and booked them. But unfortunately, it hasn't came. It had that, <laughs> that moment hasn't came. That's okay. Yeah, I'm just like, well. It's also, I mean, a big part of the dance world is having those connections, right? Networking. I mean, we strive to create those and to then create opportunities for ourselves. So there's nothing wrong with that at all. It's not this what you're capable of. (laughs) I always said I wanted to be the dancer and never had to audition again. Like, (laughs) just wake up one day and someone calls me and I'm just scheduling things. That was always a dream. There you go. I hope it keeps up then. (laughs) All right. Well, I think this might be a great time to take a short break. Sure. Thank you so much, Tevin. Is it? Here's a word from our sponsor. All right. We are back. And Tevin, we are interested. Have you been doing any freelance work at all since you've been in New York City? I know that that is a very popular thing to be doing in the city sometimes more so than like full-time contracts so can you speak on behalf of that well yeah since the pandemic everything's been kind of freelanced um before the pandemic not so much I kind of were able to get a lot of contracts and stuff like that but since the pandemic everything's been kind of airy far as like projects everything's always been up in the air so I, I kind of were able to stick to freelancing in a way and things that were more concrete um so yeah I've been kind of doing since the pandemic everything's been pretty much freelance awesome have these all been like ballet type gigs or all different styles of dance or kind of all over the place I literally yesterday was the video shoot I did um and it was like a dance film, um, a, a 
three weeks before that, I was a music video I was doing. Um, I've been doing like small contemporary projects with this uh, company that's in Brooklyn, this project company in Brooklyn. Um, I just started another project company. Um, so yeah, a lot of it's pretty freelance and project-based here and there. Awesome, sounds busy too. <laughs> Do you think you'll go ever, or you'll ever go back to Alvin Ailey at all? Or are you interested in that? Well, that was the thing. I realized being at Ailey and then um, I auditioned for Fordham University. Um, I got into the school, but I wasn't able to audition at the time because I decided to audition for Slating and Dance. Um, and they were literally the same weekend, but they didn't have a New York audition. And so the closest one was Chicago. So I decided to go to Chicago and that was a joke. Um, but <laughs> I was like, okay, I got into Montclair and Montclair was kind of my second choice because I was able to double major and, um, Romeo, he here and the other dog. Um, <laughs> so I, I decided to, um, Decided to go to the, uh, take a semester at Montclair. And then if I was like, oh, if I didn't really like it, I can definitely just audition and transfer. Um, but I ended up really liking Montclair. I pretty much had similar teachers as Fordham. So I wasn't too stressed. I wasn't getting knowledge. Um, and I can tell my teacher was very knowledgeable and that one of them actually uh, grew up with Danita. So we had like very similar backgrounds. So I was like, okay, like this was pretty much an extension of what I was kind of already getting and didn't feel like I was being taken somewhere else or out of my comfort zone. So I kind of just stayed there and then kind of enjoyed my time there. Okay, very cool. And have you taken any important classes or anything since you've been in the city? Yeah, um, I'm trying to get back into, cause now I just like cleared my schedule. Um, during the pandemic, I was like constantly working um teaching a lot and so I didn't have enough time to really dance which bummed me out eventually because I do enjoy teaching but I love the balance of teaching and then going dance and then dancing and then going to teach um I kind of get annoyed when I'm just constantly teaching constantly teaching and being around so many kids I'm just like uh I need peers of like-minded individuals um because I honestly feel like I'm learning from my peers as well, as well I'm learning from my students and so having that contrast is always very important to me but now that my schedule is kind of cleared up I get to work like Monday to Wednesday and then Thursday to Sunday I get to freelance and do all the dancing and stuff I want so now I'm trying to like figure out what classes I can take during those times like who is teaching um who's gonna really push me or who's like outside of my comfort zone so that's why I'm kind of in the process now is trying to get my class schedule on that's awesome that's super cool and uh I read too so you're doing some adjunct work right you're are you teaching where yeah. are you yeah. teaching or where I, were you teaching yeah during the pandemic I was teaching at City College of Manhattan um I was their adjunct ballet teacher and um kind of just mainly in charge of pre-ballet courses and um I would help also in their musicals, but that was just more of the technical aspect. But um, yeah, I was mainly teaching there. And then I eventually um, was subbing in Brooklyn schools um, here and there. 
up. I had a friend who just like put me on their sub list. So I was kind of doing that. And then one of my friends from college ended up um, getting his own studio in Jersey. So that's kind of where I teach there on Mondays, Monday nights. I kind of just teach there in Jersey. And um, that's mainly where I'm teaching now. It's um, in Jersey and then sometimes in Brooklyn, in the schools. Very cool. That is a goal of mine to adjunct at some point. So it's awesome. Yeah. I think that getting that was kind of, I didn't see the coming. Um, one of my pro- ballet professors was like, hey, City College need an adjunct or are you interested? And I'm like, sure. I don't know if I have the qualifications, obviously. So I contacted a guy. He was like, sure, we'll have to set up a meeting. You came highly recommended. So we did the meeting. Yeah, he, it was kind of funny because he was kind of like telling me like, oh yeah, you obviously don't have that much experience um you don't have obviously a master's degree and things like this and I'm just like okay yeah I definitely didn't get the job so he's like um so we can start next week and I'm like uh you're sure (laughs) (laughs) you're sure okay and he's like yeah I'll give you a chance and I was like great and I had so much fun teaching at it being an adjunct professor grading papers it was amazing I had so much fun yeah that's literally like what I want to be doing so that's yeah but they have (laughs) It cut so that was during COVID so that was the annoying part oh that is annoying but again it's another opportunity that just kind of got handed to you right yeah I didn't see it coming I was like oh okay <laughs> I mean, that can open up possibilities or future doors right because now yeah. you have this adjunct experience that now other schools or other colleges might be looking to hire you that's awesome yeah. oh look at Romeo yes. <laughs> the dog is so cute <laughs> this is why for our listeners right now we're seeing a very cute dog very cute (laughs) (laughs) so Tevin just to kind of conclude things for today so you've had kind of a wide range of experiences thus far but what are maybe your long-term goal or or what is your long-term goal or goals well um I do plan on still auditioning I would love to join a few companies here and there um, my, one of my big goals is to internationally not be American anymore. <laughs> I would love to go overseas and spend a few years there and a few companies, um, like Netherlands. I love Netherlands and Besheva. Mm-hmm. Some big things I would love to do over there. Um, and then eventually opening my own clinic, which I talked about earlier, probably at my own pre-professional company and then I would love to retire with Alvin Ailey I always see myself retiring there I just never see myself in my like 20s being at Alvin Ailey um I just when I see them I just think of maturity and um grace so I just seem like I can see myself 43 and still dancing there That's so great. Well, we hope that maybe we can come see you in a performance. Yeah. Years down the road uh, in the city of Albany. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, sorry. (laughs) I was just going to say goals to have. Yeah. Thank you. It sounds like you're on the right track, you know, just got to work through it all and you'll get there. I've definitely had some hardships throughout the throughout the ways and ups and downs. And I guess the one thing I've really taken out of this idea of being an artist is that it's no perfect path. Um, you could go to the best college and still come out with nothing. You could uh, 
go to the worst college and still come out with the best. And it's all about how you make it and not putting that pressure on yourself that things have to come out on top or things have to come out a certain way. And once I got that in my head and like all that kind of really let go once I moved into the city, um, I was able to feel like now I'm on the path where I wanted to be or I'm where I should be. And so now everything is just up to chance. And so let it be up. Right. Well, and I also think like everyone has a different definition of success. And I feel like as dancers, though, we had like, at least this is how I was thinking, too. It's like you have to move to New York and be in this super big company in order to be successful. Right. As a professional dancer. And that's not necessarily true. Success can look different for everyone. You know? Yeah. Like I was successfully in Jersey doing all these gigs and company work and I could have been really happy. The only thing that was really different was I couldn't see any of my friends or I felt isolated in like rural New Jersey and I'd see too much farmland or I'm driving an hour and a half to work. I just wasn't feeling really fulfilled, you know? So that was only the problem. But, you know, if it was a great company and New Jersey and I was doing all the great works that I was doing or could do, I would have been really happy. Yeah. But there was more that I wanted to do or more that I could obtain and so I just wanted to see if I could and that's what you did so yeah cheers to cheers to that <laughs> yeah well thank you so much Tevin for your time for your knowledge for your presence today we really appreciate uh -huh. it, it such a pleasure yeah and it was so nice to meet you and learn mm -hmm. so much about you too yes thank you you guys thanks for tuning into abundance we appreciate your support. We hope to have PK'd your interest. Feel free to contact us at AbundancePodcast5678 at gmail.com and give us feedback on what you'd like to hear. That is Abundance without parentheses. Go dance yourself silly. Bye for now. A special thank you to Richard D. Fiore for our lovely podcast tune and Matt Mellish for our cover art.